What's up and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. This is your host, Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is powered by Stick and Ball TV, the baseball and softball streaming platform. Stick and Ball TV is a baseball-focused streaming platform featuring the best coaches, players, and premium brands in baseball today. Stick and Ball TV creates and curates baseball training content, on-brand partner content, and original lifestyle content, and publishes globally across their web, iOS, and Android apps. Check them out at stickandball.tv or on the Stick and Ball TV mobile app. On today's show, we're back with Kevin Kimball, head baseball coach at Phoenix College. On part one, we took a deep dive into his offensive philosophy, and so on part two, we're flipping the script from off-season to in-season and focusing on game planning and scouting, how they implement neutral mindsets, and one of my favorite takeaways from the show was Oppo Taco Tuesdays. Here is Kevin Kimball. Where do you guys flip the script? Just because you, the weather's always the weather's perfect in Phoenix from now until you know May, and so I'd love to hear you know what you guys are doing to prepare them for the season. You know, we we get to a point where we're like off season mode. Hey, what do we need to work on? What do we need to gain? What you know? What's the one thing for you that's going to make the biggest impact? And then you know what? But once we get to December, January, then it's like okay, now now it's go time. Like we could still continue to hone different things that we're trying to do and, and develop different routines that we like and, you know, keep continue going through those BP plans that you shared, which I love, but like what, what, what changes for you guys and how do you prepare your team uh, for game one? Yeah. So uh, we essentially just finished up fall baseball uh, as far as just games and whatnot and being out on the field. Uh, we, and so we had this week off to kind of just unwind a little bit, have some individual conversations with some guys or, or not some all of our players. I met with all of them um, and just kind of talked about how the fall went, expectations for the spring. What are the things that they need to improve on and so on and so forth. So starting on Monday, uh, we'll kind of get into some, you know, smaller group kind of work, um, you know, hitters in the cages you know, pitchers uh, getting some a um, little bit of, uh, you know, bullpens and, and whatnot, whatever it is that uh, we how we kind of set it up is essentially into some station kind of work. Um, but as far as the hitters are concerned, um, we try to have as many. We're, we're definitely a believers in variability training, meaning we use overload bats, underload bats, um, Long bats, short bats, flat bats, uh, blast sensor, PVC pipe, um, you know, as many different things as, as we can. Because uh, to me, there a lot of those things are essentially a hitting coach in the player's hands. Uh, you know, short bat helps with holding posture uh, and, and kind of maintaining those angles. The long bat, which is also a heavy bat. Uh, helps with guys that maybe tend to, you know, dump the barrel a little bit and, and being underneath the baseball. And, and anytime you're swinging something that's uh, heavier than your normal bat, um, to be honest, it usually helps you sequence a little bit better because if you don't, you're, you're not going to swing it very well. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of old time hitters, in my opinion, had, had better swings than, than maybe some guys do now because they swung, they swung absolute logs back in the day. Uh, and if, if your if your hips didn't uh, help initiate the movement, that barrel wasn't coming around very quick. Um, 
but uh, so we do that. Uh, we do a lot of different, you know, as far as our pitchers are concerned, we have them do like, uh, I don't know how many people are know about these things, but we do concentra concentration grids with them. Uh, there's a little website you can go to, or you can print off some papers um, as far as that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, we try to do as, as many different things as possible. We have the command balls that have like, you know, uh, light balls that are really small, heavy balls that are big and, uh, and all sorts of in between. Uh, but to me, we try to um, add as much as many variables to the to things as, as we can as far as throwers, hitters. Um, and like I said, trying to fine tune things mechanically. Uh, we run a lot of sprints, uh, and I shouldn't say a lot, but we run enough, uh, to get benefit out of it. And, and we get after it in the weight room. Um, uh, I'm also our, our weights instructor. I'm literally in oh, the nice. perfect job for me. Uh, <laughs> because I'm, I'm certified. I have my CSCS. I'm certified in that. My, that's what my degrees are in. So, I mean, there's literally every aspect of our program. I have my hands on, we lift before practice, then we go to practice and the, you know, I'm obviously doing a lot of stuff there. So um, if, if we aren't good, it's, I can only look at myself. <laughs> so, uh, so that, that, that'll be nice. So if we, if we, when we start to suck, I'll, I'll only, I'll only be able to get mad at me uh, for that. Reason, <laughs> I'm kind of, I do all our basically recruiting, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the weight room is I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but that's kind of our emphasis right now. And to be honest, it's an emphasis the whole year. Uh, we're definitely not one of those programs. And I don't think anybody should where during the season, you're just trying to maintain your strength. Uh, we talk about that from day one. We're trying to get stronger the whole year. Uh, last year, our la our first game of the, the season was the last Friday in January. And we got eliminated from the World Series on June 1st, which is essentially half of a year we were, we were playing games. So if, if our program was of the mindset that we're just trying to maintain strength and, and not kind of like let, you know, the, I don't want to be sore for the game tomorrow type thing. Uh, we've essentially wasted half of a year of that guy's development as far as getting stronger. Mm -hmm. So we talk about from day one here in the fall, like we're trying to prepare our body now for those lifts that we're going to be doing in the spring, like the day before and sometimes the day of a game. Mm -hmm. uh, that we are lifting. And that's one of the reasons I think over the years we've been good. Um, we've been gotten better over the course of the season because the work we do in the weight room and maybe some other teams are starting to kind of wear down and maybe not putting as much emphasis and we're still getting after it as much as possible uh, as we can and, and getting stronger as the season goes on rather than just kind of, you know, going with the flow. No doubt. So I think that's really neat. And uh, with with the you know preseason coming up, one of the things that I really enjoy is uh, game planning. And I, I don't know how different you know. I, I know amateur baseball uh, in colleges they have synergy that they can use. I don't I don't know if you guys have access to that. Maybe uh, high schools we don't. And so just trying to find different ways to be able to game plan. I think is is really, you know, right now with social media and with different websites and different so showcases, we can find stuff on guys. And I think that that's an area that we do well. And I, I don't know how many other programs do that. Uh, hopefully, you know, if, if they're good, I think that they do. But I would love to hear what what your game planning process looks like. So say we have a weekend series coming up. 
you know, what is, what does that look like for, for you guys? How do you game plan? How do you prepare for that? First off, um, I would say a prop that, that has evolved over the years for me. Uh, when I first, uh, took the job here, I was really in, that was a big part of, uh, of, of what we did here. I was really, I really wanted to get information on the other team and just all that kind of stuff. Um, and a funny thing happened kind of over the years. Um, I started to, I guess, dial back a little bit of, of that and, and focused more on what on us, I guess, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, not that I don't want information on the other team and, and whatnot. Uh, but I used to post, a a scouting report on the other, on the opposing sure. team in our dugout before every game. And like, this is how we're going to play this guy. This is, you know, how we're going to pitch in all that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't done that for four years now, basically since the year that the first in 2017, when we went to the world series for the first time, that was the year that I stopped doing that. Uh, so now um, not to say that like, that's one of the reasons, one of the things I do now, I guess a little bit differently is I, I put less information up on the board. Uh, again, I, I just, I'm just trying not, sure. I don't have a, a bunch of time. We're not a major league organization where I have a lot of time to sit with our catcher and our pitcher before the game and like mm -hmm. talk about those types of things or talk with our hitters for, you know, an hour before the game or, or whatever and talk about. So uh, I want us to more focus on what we're doing and what we can do to win the games. Um, if I can find information, you know, with, and, and you can pretty much find video on, on any, picture these days, at least in our conference, um, most of them are, are pretty good. And so I'll send like, so, you know, Hey, here's a little link to this guy. You know, this is his, you know, him throwing all of his pitches right here on this video. Sure. Uh, so our hitters can kind of see that a little bit and I'll usually post, um, you know, who are the guys on the opposing team that, uh, have the most stolen bases. So guys are aware mm -hmm. who they are, where they hit in the lineup, that type of thing. But I try to keep it very, short um sure. and you know i i feel like guys retain that information better rather than just all this stuff up on the board and it's like what do i do with all this information mm -hmm. um so so yeah i've kind of refocused it back on us and and uh kind of went more that route and just you know a little bit of information on on pitchers and and that kind of stuff and uh it's worked so Right. No doubt. I mean, it's <laughs> the longer I coach, I think the more that I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, get away from keeping it simple in the box. You know, what, what does this guy have? What's it going to feel like? And what do I need to do to win this pitch? And I, I think that, you know, have, having even a, a little bit of information on the guy gives the players at least a perceived advantage. They're like, Oh, okay. I got this guy today. Like okay. I know, and, and, and video huge, like being able to see where the ball's coming from and what pitch shapes are absolutely huge. Like it, it's, and I think most guys can find that stuff online. Like yeah. you mentioned, yeah. big deal. Yeah, no, it's, uh, um, and, and to be honest, a, a few years ago, I used to always, I literally would send my team a weekly email with like uh, tons of information, mm -hmm. whether it was about our opponent or like other things. And it was like, they can only retain so much. They're also, sure. they're also trying to go to school and they're also, you know, trying to balance other things in their lives. And, uh, I was like, you know what, I, I just need to dial things back. Like what are the, I, that was what I reevaluated with my coaching is what are the, what are the most important things that mm -hmm. I want them to 
take from from me and you know all you know what are the meat and potatoes of of things uh you know because that's kind of what we are as a program uh we stick with you know the night if you came to watch us practice we we work on what happens in 90 percent of the game meaning hitting pitching fielding uh we probably do a lot less work than other teams in the country as far as like first and third defense and bunt defense and like all it, not to say that those things aren't important because they are, but when we work on them, it's very short, direct, like this is what we're going to do. It's going to be done in 15 minutes. You're going to get one rep, you know, but you're uh, the reps that you aren't in, make sure you're paying attention and getting those mental reps. And, and I want this done right in the games, but we're not going to be one of those teams that says, all right, let's uh, we need to do, 10 of these first and thirds correctly in a row before we move on to something else type thing. We're, we're not that program. Um, I want to be, like I said, better than the other team at the 90% of the game. And and guess what? If you're leading eight to two in the last inning, go ahead and run that first and third play early break, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll get you out still. And um, we're going to try to be better hitters, throwers and, and fielders than you guys. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a guy today, actually, we were talking about, you know, focus, <laughs> and we having a takeaway for everything that we do. And one of the things he mentioned was, you know, we, well, we sent him out a poll. And we said, you know, we use the term green, yellow and red lights. And it's, you know, when you're green, when everything's going good, what does it feel like when you're yellow? And I think it's a it's a Ken Revisa thing. Uh, when you're yellow and you start to feel a little bit panicky, what does that feel like? And then when you're red, what does that feel like? And a lot of it is like fear of other people's opinions, self-doubt. And so we, we got talking about, you know, focus and how that separates, you know, bad from, from better, better for to good and good to great. Like you can see their levels of focus as they go along and some of it is passion. And so he goes, why do you think, that your you know your players aren't as focused as they should be and i said man like once they get to a seven o'clock game i would hate to have their schedule because you know they're they're waking up at seven in the morning and they've got 12 hours of just different stimuluses thrown at them all day long so you're thinking you know five different classes and then you've got lunch and then we've got prep work and then we've got game planning and scouting reports and then we've got pre-game stuff and then it's the game and I was like, man, that, that could be part of it. Like that's, that's probably a big part of it. And just understanding that. And, you know, I think the breathing and the mentality stuff, I think that's why you see this generation really grasping that and, and holding onto it tightly because they don't give it any breathing room at all throughout the day. Almost. I don't know if you, if you guys see that over there too, but it's, it's a big deal here. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's one of the, I guess the most important jobs, of a coach is, is being able to, um, I guess, see some of those things as far as, you know, knowing your players individually, uh, and kind of, uh, who's like, man, this, this guy might need a little bit of a, you know, pat on the butt today type thing. He looks like, uh, he's, he's kind of going through, through some things and, uh, like that's, learning what buttons to push when to push them as a, as a coach is is tough uh same thing with when you're just dealing with your your team as a whole knowing when to like like i feel like i can 
really get on them today or you know what today i just feel like i even though i they need a kind of a stern talking to i just feel like i it's not the right moment not the right time i got to kind of pull back the the reins a little bit uh and find uh you know fight that battle another day type thing and those are things that i've learned a little bit over the years as a coach because i used to be all just i was in your face kind of all the time. Uh, and I've had to learn, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just a different day and age. I know what it was like to play for the coaches that I played for in, in baseball and football and basketball growing up. And they were all like those kind of, <laughs> they were tough guys uh, and they were disciplined and, and it was great to kind of go through some of those things. Um, but um as a coach, you have to evolve and, and kind of, I'm said every year is that's one of the best things about coaching junior college baseball is, uh, I only have these guys for a couple years. Uh, so it, I have, it, it helps me kind of stay, keep things fresh and whatnot, mm-hmm. because I can just rely on, you know, Hey, this, this whole group was, has been here for a couple of years. They know what they're doing and kind of let them do their right. thing. Uh, it, it keeps me on my toes. Sure. Well, let's, since we're in the middle of, of kind of talking about preseason and in-season stuff, tell us a little bit about how, and focus, tell us a little bit about how you coach those moments. So you're going to have ups and downs and you're, I mean, inevitably your, your three holes going to have an over, over 10, uh, and can't see the ball and your nine holes going to get hot and go like seven for 10 with like four pumps <laughs> and just getting, you know, getting guys to ride that wave. Uh, obviously very self-reflective and you've mentioned that several different times of how you've evolved over the years, but I'd love to hear your, you know, your evolution as a process of being the head coach there for now, 11 years, what does it look like and how do you handle those moments now? And I mean, we're getting guys that are listening from pro ball all the way to youth baseball, but success and failure is going to be a constant in anything that, that we do, especially offensively. So I'd love to hear just your, your thought process on, you know, how do we help guys ride? I, I'll use the term ride the wave again, but how do we help guys to be able to, to understand the context and to not get too high or too down? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of use the, the term wave. And one of the things that we kind of talk about from day one is being that guy that's in that you're, you're neutral. You're this guy right here. And, and again, not to say that you shouldn't uh, uh, ever get – you know, a little bit excited or there's times where, yeah, you need to kind of get on yourself a little bit and, and maybe you're whatever, but uh, no matter what, we're trying to be that team. And as players individually, we're, we're here, we're this right here, all, all game. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why um, we've, I mean, we came back and won a lot of games last year. We uh, in over half of our wins, we were, we were behind uh, at one point and we won 10 games in our last at bat. Not like does, doesn't necessarily mean walk off, but like we maybe in the top of the last inning, we scored to take the lead and then held them. But we had quite a few walk-offs. I'll tell you that. And I, I'm, I believe that's one of the reasons that we were able to do that. And, And it hasn't, it wasn't just last year. It's been, a pretty normal thing. Uh, not that I, as a coach, I wish we would just take the lead and keep it. Uh, that would make it a lot easier on me. Uh, but for whatever reason, um, 
I think that is one of the reasons, though, that cool. we don't ever get it. too high, too high or too low. Uh, and it's it's one thing to say it, um, but your players have to put that into you know into work, and you as a coach have to have to exude that in your body language. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're the guy that is you know, you're, you're kind of this guy up and down all the time. Your players are going to see that. So I have to, you know, show that first. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't work. Uh, and same thing with our coaching staff. So it's, it's, and it's tough sometimes when you're, when you get frustrated with how things are going as a coach and, and you're, and you're not happy with how your team's playing. It's, it's one of the, you know, one of uh, the things that I admire the most about, uh, Nick Saban at Alabama is um, when he when his teams are in close games, uh, he's always the guy on the sideline that's uh, trying to encourage his team and trying to you know. But when they're like kicking somebody's butt and it's like fifty six to three, uh, that's mm-hmm. when he's like chew, he's chewing ass. He's, he's all <laughs> over his guys um, because that's the time you can over you can co- get on him a little bit. Like you're you're up by fifty. But your team needs you uh, to not be that guy that's like all, you know, raising hell and, um, you know, and or down in the dumps, you know, mad because your team's not playing well. They need you to be that guy that is with them in the fight. Uh, and if you don't show that, which, like I said, I, I admire uh, that about him as a, that's one of the, the things that I, I've taken from him is to mm-hmm. try to be more of that guy. And I think as coaches, we should be able to learn from other coaches, not just in our sport. But sure. uh, so, I, like I said, that's uh, um, one of the things I took from him. No, Saban's a, a great example. And, you know, it's, it's when, when guys talk about neutral mindset, it's what's happening and what do I need to do now? And I, I really like that. And I've really grasped onto that with, and the, I think the guy that, that I, I at least feel like made that uh, a, a more popular thing was Trevor Moed. And so for the listeners, you know, wanting to, to dig more into the mentality side, he just passed away from cancer a couple of months ago, which is really unfortunate, but uh, it's it takes what it takes is is one of his books and then he's got another one coming out in January uh, thank goodness but it just talks about uh, with positive positive doesn't work all the time so we're down 20 <laughs> it's it's really hard to be like hey let's you know let's let's go get them but it's like okay what are, what is happening what do we need to do next and that's kind of that neutral mindset of uh, we say less negative but we also don't have to be mr you know mr positivity all the time and for that, I don't know about you, but that, that's really resonating with me. And it's, it's, it's helped me with that because I, I felt that like, I was like, man, I, I just can't be, uh, you know, the positive guy all the time. Like when we're getting our freaking butts kicked, it's really hard to just be like, and I think guys feel that too. I'm like, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not that guy to, to yeah, don't to get me wrong. Or... My players will tell you when we're down, like I'm on, I'm, <laughs> I am that guy that's like on him yeah, sometimes, but uh, there are true. times where I know my team needs me to be something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes as a coach, also, you're not just coaching that game. You're trying to keep future games in mind as far as like, uh, you know, we, we may have kind of lost this battle, but I'm trying to win the war type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, but yeah, like, uh, and even uh, as far as like, you know, mental approach and whatnot, I make our guys, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there was a, like an E60 on Evan Longoria a few mm-hmm. years ago. Great. This was in like 2011 with Ken Revisa. Um, I have that saved and I make our players watch it every year. They probably are sick of watching it, but uh, 
I love it, the fact that, you know, where it talks, he talks about having the, the left field foul pole as his, you know, kind of thing that he goes to when he needs to refocus and, and the part where it talks about where uh, I think the one year he broke his hand and he was out for the first 50 games of the year. And instead of just kind of sitting around and being, it is what it is. Every time that, that guy that was in his spot in the lineup hit that, you know, the third bait, the guy that was playing for him, every time that he went up, he would, Longoria would put on his batting gloves, put on his helmet and mentally go through that at bat. Uh, and that was one of the reasons I think why in his first game back after that, he had a home run. Um, and so I talked to our players about that because in scrimmages, some of our players get uh, more reps than others. Uh, and, and we talk about what it, it means to have there's there's fair reps and there's equal reps. We're trying to be fair. I mean, our better players are probably going to get a few more reps. Uh, we're going to try to keep it fair. Equal would mean everybody gets the same. Uh, and there's a big difference there. Um, so if you're a guy that's maybe not getting as many reps, whether it's ABs or innings on the mound or, you know, on defense, whatever, um, you know, what are you doing mentally? You know, are you mentally go through and at bat maybe with, with the guy that's playing in front of you? And uh, like, what would you be thinking about in this situation, in this count when you're, when you're up or when you're on the mound or whatever? Um, and, you know, guys, guys, tend to overlook those things. It's a very small thing. Um, you know, the problem with, with thinking small, it is, is it isn't sexy uh, and it can be boring sometimes, but that's what separates, you know, good from great. So. No doubt, no doubt. So there was a, one of my favorite stories with that is, and, and the power of visualization, I, I'm not like, I don't, I don't do it as much as I should, but one of the, my favorite stories is there was a study done that they took people who were doing curls like bicep curls and they did a control group, which did nothing. They did a visualization group, which all they did was visualize themselves doing curls. And then they did a, a group that actually did curls. And so obviously the group that did the curls had the biggest gains, but the difference between the group that did nothing and the group that did visually. Yeah. Is, is it in mind yet? Okay. There's one, there's, you're talking about part of that in mind, Jim. Oh man. I love it. But, but the group that did nothing got zero gains and the group that just visualized got like 8% gains. Like I, I can't remember the exact number and it wasn't insignificant and it wasn't like super significant, but there was a, a gain, like there was a difference within that. And so I, I've always loved that story because it's like the power of the mind is so great. It's, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, like, you, I mean, you're saying a lot of the stuff I say to my players. And like I said, they probably get bored of, of hearing me say this stuff mm -hmm. and sending them like, you know, power of the mind and visualization. So you're saying a lot of those same same things. And uh, um, I think I mean, some sometimes my players roll my eyes or roll their eyes at me when I'm talking about this stuff. But I also think they get it and they realize that it's uh, it's one of those things hard to quantify. Like, um, hey, had we not done five minutes of visualization before every practice last year, would we have still went to the world series? Who knows? Uh, but uh, I think it helps. Uh, it's just hard for, uh, like I said, to kind of quantify it and be like, yeah, this is, this is where it helped and this is how much it helped type thing. Um, and that's the tough thing about, about just sports in general is, is everything that you do 
there's no guarantees that it's going to make you this type of player or it's going to give you this amount of wins. It's like, mm-hmm. I, but if you don't do it, there's a pretty good chance it's, it's not going to happen for you. Um, so yeah. it's, it's just one of those things you try to do as many, you know, as much as you can uh, in that small window you have as a, as a college baseball player to, to help you kind of, you know, keep moving on. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes it, uh, it just doesn't work out. No, no doubt. No, it matters. And so I, I want to end with, with your, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up, but you mentioned you want to, wanted to talk a little bit about drills that we can steal from you. Uh, we, we stole your, all of your BP basically, because I, I love it. And thank you for even sharing the screen and, and giving us uh, the, the 10 different types of BP that you guys really like. I love it. Uh, but is there any drill that your players love that we can steal from you? Uh, well, it, part of it, I guess, going back to BP, uh, every Tuesday is Oppo Taco Tuesday for us. So uh, we're literally the last round of our BP. Uh, if you hit an opposite field bomb, I I buy you a taco. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's literally Oppo Taco Tuesday. Uh, the good thing is, is I haven't had to – uh, pay up much because uh, our conferences would bat and you know uh, so like I said I, I've, I've only had to cough up a, a few tacos but our players love it uh, and and to me it also uh, accomplishes a couple things one our intent to try to hit the baseball hard to the opposite field which a lot mm-hmm. of guys don't work on a lot some of our guys literally didn't realize how far they can hit the ball to the opposite field until we go through this round you're like, oh mm-hmm. man, I have to, I have a little more pop this way than mm-hmm. I than I originally thought. Um, so it it's it's fun and it's also helps us. So um, but yeah, our guys are usually get pretty pretty excited about it. Oh, that's great. Well, the last thing, Kevin, man, I I love our our, our newly I don't want to say kindled because that's kind of a weird thing to say, but our newly founded friendship and I, I'm looking forward to to speaking a lot more with you and been following you on Twitter for a while and you're a great follow in there. I'll, I'll make sure and put the link uh, down in the show notes, but for the coaches that are listening that are either just now getting into it, maybe they're discouraged, maybe they're looking for more resources. What have you got for them? So what is something that has changed your coaching career for the better or advice? It, it could be advice. It could be a book. It could be a course. You gave us mind gym. I gave them. It takes what it takes. Those are two great ones to start with, but you, what do you want to leave the coaches listening with and, and, mainly if they were going to go back to this episode and, and hear one thing, what would that be? It's hmm. a good question as far as uh, trying to take one thing. Um, you know, I tried to, to be honest, I try to stay away from always having one thing as like the, the most important thing. Everybody says, ask me like, Hey, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite? I, don't, I have a lot of favorites. Um, but uh, to me, you know, as far as uh, coaches out there and, and learning, um, I learn from from every coach, uh, good or bad. Uh, I've had some coaches that that weren't very good in my life, and I and I learned from them. Uh, you can learn something from from everybody uh, in this world, whether it's it's coaching or not. Uh, so you find out what's good, what's not. Um, there's no way to replace just going through and having the experience of going through a, a season of coaching and, and whatnot. Uh, there's, there's 
no replacement for that because uh, uh, just kind of going through the the years, like I said, I, I, there's been a couple times where I thought that I I started to kind of figure things out, and this game has a way of humbling you really quick. Um, so um, I'm I'm fortunate that I've had a chance to to go through some of that stuff and and still be um, you know doing what I love and 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 being better for it. But um, being from just to kind of go back to the beginning uh, of the of our talk, you know, being from Montana, um, I didn't have a ton of coaching growing up as far as baseball was concerned. Um, I'm kind of a, I don't want to say self-made, but I essentially started out by just, if you, if you were to see, you know, I pulled that book down while you were talking, uh, when I pulled it down about 50 other books almost fell on top of me. Uh, but I, I, I just read constantly uh and and listen to you know coaches talk like you know like you have on your your podcast which is great um trying to get as much information from people that have actually you know went through it and went through some struggles uh and that's one of the reasons why i kind of talked about um you know the the little dip you know that we had there for a couple years because a lot of coaches just sit here and talk about you know uh how good things are and whatnot you know I'll be the first to admit I, those two years, I, uh, when I look back at that, I'm like, man, I, I can't believe I, uh, I feel bad, you know, with some of the things that, I, you know, as far as how I coached things, you know, hitters and all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, it, it made the next couple of years, uh, it made me better to, uh, go through it, but, um, I'm constantly reading, uh, on my drive to work every single day, I'm listening to, audio books or, you know, podcasts or, or whatever. Um, and, and trying to find things, uh, that possibly we can implement or a different way of viewing things or, you know, a drill here and there, uh, or just whatever. But, you know, I think as a coach, you just have to be in that mindset of, um, just like a player every year. I tell our players every year, you have to be a, a newer, better version of yourself. Um, and, and I expect that same thing of me as a, as a coach uh, every year. I'm trying to be a, a newer, better version of myself. And sometimes that means literally going, um, you know, teaching something maybe a little bit different than I just taught the year before. And that some coaches get so hard headed. It's like, this is my philosophy. This is what I believe in. Uh, but when you get in for information that says, you know, that's, not not good or that's not true or that's not helping it's like you can either stay that course and keep you know steep keep being hard-headed and uh and being a disservice to your players or you can say you know what admit you were wrong uh and you know change and adjust uh and and be a better coach and a, and a better person um you know that's our, our first two rules that are on our bulletin board in our um uh, in our dugout are do what's right and do your best. Um, those are really the only rules that we have. And there's a lot of things that are fall under that umbrella, but um, those are things when, when players ask me, coach, can we, can I do this or can I do this? And be like, well, ask yourself, you know, does it fall in under one of those, you know, as do what's right. Does it fall under that cat? What do you think? Um, so we try not to have a lot of rules. Um, we give our players a lot of freedom as far as, um, you know, they can and can't do. Um, 
but I'm also uh, on them as far as the, the discipline and, and being a good person and doing the right thing. And because uh, it's not just about, you know, who, having the best collection of players. The Atlanta Braves just proved that, you know, Acuna goes down with the torn ACL and halfway through the year and they end up winning the World Series. Um, so there's there's more to baseball. There's more to winning teams. There's more to life than just like, you know, how, how, how good and how talented are you? It's uh, how good of a teammate can you be? Uh, and as a coach, I, again, have to set that example. And it's something that you have to, you have to talk about often. You can't just say on day one, I want you guys to be good guys and good teammates. And then that's something you never talk about again for the rest of the year. And it, the more you talk about it, the more your players are about it and they get that message and, and you start to see those things that, uh, uh, kind of happen organically. And, and uh, um, that that's always great to see as far as a, a coach is concerned is, is when players start to uh, exhibit those behaviors and, and doing the right things. And um, to me, that's where we've kind of turned the corner the most as far as just our program in general um, is our players like being here. They, they are, they, they learn a lot. They, we win. They, it's a, great environment to be in uh you know you're doing a good job as a coach when former players come back and and just to kind of hang out at practice or come say hi or to you know st stay in touch with you through texts and, and whatnot uh you if you're if you're not doing a good job then you probably aren't going to hear from from those guys and it and that should be kind of a, a wake-up call for you as a as a coach like uh that i can be better in, in that department it's not just about uh, this isn't just a baseball factory. This is, uh, we're trying to mold young men and, and develop champions while winning championships. So. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review wherever you are listening. I also wanted to remind you that you can find the video portion at the AOTC channel on stickandball.tv. Have a great week.